Cool. Really need to stop starting every section with cool and so. I mean, we'd then have to just stop being so cool. And so. How does that happen? <laughs> so what's your next choice then? <laughs> Thanks, Graham. So... <laughs> To the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones this is episode five thank you for still being with us if you're still here we're still here so hopefully you are too yeah it's not just episode five it's also our halloween special insert creepy sound effects Ooh. <laughs> and what better for our halloween special than discussing which sitcom casts would survive longest in a slasher movie yeah so it's our first uh venture into tv uh, so we're not just doing movies, even though we have only done movies. Yeah, we 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 are men of at least two talents, <laughs> <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> so the idea is: so before we started, uh, Graham and I have both picked three kind of slasher villains from Halloween films we enjoyed. Um, we've put them in a hat, Super Bowl winning Ravens hat. Thought that was going to be crowbarred in again. I mean, what kind of Nicolas Cage crowbars random references into podcasts that they enjoy? We're going to pick a name out of the hat, and that is going to be the slasher that these sitcom casts have to be faced off against. Should we quickly run down the six that are in the hat? Yeah, so my choices, uh, I've gone for so Sam from Trick or Treat which is a very kind of underrated Halloween anthology film. Leprechaun. Of course. Obviously. In, in from such great films as Leprechaun, uh, Leprechaun in Space, and Leprechaun Back into Hood. And three, Michael Myers from the Halloween series, because Classic. any William Shatner-faced <laughs> villain <laughs> is a good one. Uh, so I've gone for Jason Voorhees, who definitely didn't get the hockey mask until um, Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> and wasn't really in Friday the 13th at all. <laughs> no, just as a <laughs> scrawny little algae-faced child. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Jason Voorhees, uh, Freddy Krueger, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, amazing horror movie. Took away the element of going to sleep, gets you away from all the scary things. And then Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because um, despite being a big lumbering oaf, um, is quite terrifying. So, uh, said Raven's hat in hand. Um, I'm gonna delve in. Sound effects. We are coming up with Leprechaun. Leprechaun! <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, as always, each week we also will recommend you uh, a movie to watch and this week it's Graham's choice. Given it's it's Halloween, it's a, um, a horror movie that nobody asked for. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, 2019's Ready or Not. Watched it recently, wanted to see it when it first came out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Basically, a woman marries into a well-to-do family who have built their fortunes on the, the board game industry. And she has to, they, they draw a card, she has to participate in a game. Just so happens the game is she has to survive until morning. It's a lot of fun. Given that it's Halloween, it's probably a horror movie. It premiered at Fright Fest in, in the UK last year. Yeah. But maybe not your typical horror movie. It's, it's a bit, it, it, it's definitely kind of leaning more, it, it's like comedy horror. Yeah. So if you want a real horror movie to watch, is my second recommendation. Very good horror director. Did Hereditary, fantastic film. Oh, yeah, I've Tony seen that. Collette, I've seen that. She's great in it. And his follow-up film from Ari Aster was, uh, was Midsummer, starring Florence Pugh, taking place in Sweden. It's fantastic. Give it a watch. So, uh, yeah, so this week is which sitcom cast would survive longest against Leprechaun. I think it's over to you, Graham, for the first choice. <laughs> a sitcom cast that's going to survive longest against um, the Leprechaun in a slasher movie, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say, um, is the cast of The Big Bang Theory. Now, this is mostly because it means we get to watch the characters be butchered. Oh, I hate them so much. <laughs> and it's it's annoying because it was quite good when it started and it lost its way. I don't I can't don't know if I can pinpoint it, it but it definitely lost its way. It it slowly moved away from being a comedy about nerds to a comedy where nerds were the joke. Yeah. So I they, think they that's went they right. went from being the joke to the punchline. 
Yeah, there was a lot of like early days. There was a lot of kind of quite, you know, uh, fun references to things. And um, yeah, I don't know. It I just. Also, I honestly believe they're all distinctly unlikable people. Oh, I agree. And also the actors, because the main one is a Scientologist. So uh, the guy who plays Leonard. Really? Yeah. Like ardent Scientologist. Is this something we need to check? Um, I'm. Almost <laughs> certain. Just he's definitely a Scientologist. Don't get me wrong. I know this is a small two-man band operation right now, but I don't want Scientology on us. <laughs> I mean, Louis Theroux got past them. He's Louis. He's national treasure, Louis Theroux. <laughs> we're dicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went with we're dicks. I was going to say you're a national treasure, but there we go. Um, <laughs> talk, says a lot about my esteem. <laughs> Yeah, double check it before you uh, edit it out. But I'm, I'm almost certain that he's uh, Leonard is a Scientologist. Oh, I'm going to keep this as a thing. Uh, future Ian is Leonard from Big Bang Theory a Scientologist? Hey guys, it's Future Ian again. So Leonard from the Big Bang Theory, who also goes by the name Johnny Galecki, at one point was seen leaving uh, a ranch with kind of other notable Scientologists. But there's nothing actually say that he himself is a Scientologist. Uh, I, for one, have accepted Lord Xenu as my Lord and Saviour and fervently await the mothership. Thank you, Futurian, for confirming that. Yeah, so as I say, it it started well. It kind of lost its way. It's, you know, it's not... It's not the worst thing on TV, but it definitely didn't deserve 11 seasons 12 seasons 12 seasons for me there's two logical reasons for them surviving for a decent amount of time when the leprechauns after them one is that for the most part they're all relatively smart Uh, most of them have got phds apart from howard which is something that is referenced over and over and over and over again there's also quite a few like and albeit prop weapons but quite a few weapons dotted around the main sets um you've obviously got the comic book store sheldon has got long claw from game of thrones hanging up on the um on the wall of the apartment um and the biggest reason that they're going to survive for a decent amount of time is they've already managed to survive 12 seasons 279 episodes (laughs) and a spin-off series despite the spin-off series being actually quite enjoyable but i'm not putting young sheldon up against the leprechaun because i just feel that's a little bit mean that's that's why i think they'll survive a decent amount of time i've also thought about the order that they're going to go out in because every slasher movie no one there's no chance everyone's surviving right even if someone survives for a decent amount of time there's still there's going to be casualties it would be a boring slasher movie if nobody died (laughs) it's it's a very avant-garde take on the slasher movie (laughs) the order they would go in Howard is going out first. As I mentioned, he doesn't even have a PhD. We're constantly reminded of it. Um, I think Sheldon would go quite early. Um, he's just too insufferable and arrogant and actually is... He, he would try to correct the leprechaun on rhyming structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's kind of basically like in a roundabout way, the jock stereotype of a slasher movie in that he is... It, whilst being an absolute nerd is kind of like the jock in yeah, this scenario. Yeah, and, and also you'd have the whole thing of regardless of... So Leprechaun's particularly magical, but every slasher has some kind of quasi-immortality behind them. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. So, like suspension of disbelief. And jocks are always the ones who seem to question that. Yeah. So yeah, Sheldon as a jock is a weird mental image. Yeah, but, Letterman jacket. Yeah. Football. I'm going to say something nerdy. (laughs) Star Um, Trek. Next up for me, Bernadette. Raj is going to get killed trying to save his rat dog. Amy, I think Amy is is probably the the most likable character out of any of them. Oh, 100%. She's extremely smart. She's a neuroscientist. And I feel like she'll get killed, but just as she's about to figure out what's going on, who the killer is. Leonard up next. Leonard is only towards the end because he's ridden Penny's coattails throughout the movie. He's going to get separated and he's going to get butchered, probably lobbed down that broken elevator shaft that they've got that doesn't work throughout the whole series. And then Penny is going to survive. Um, She's going to be the archetypal like a slasher movie blonde who gets through on like mostly the fact that she's quite good looking and nothing else because that seems to be what happens in slasher movies she's going to start the sequel to the film waking up in a hospital wondering where all of her friends have gone and uh, babbling on about a leprechaun it's going to be fun to watch them all get butchered um, that, that is the main reason I would want to watch <laughs> the Big Bang Theory cast in not, not even the extended cast just the main group of friends like, Bernadette tries. 
yeah everyone else is nice <laughs> but they're such a toxic collection of wankers <laughs> that should be the tagline I think so yeah, Big Bang yeah. Theory season 12 toxic collection of wankers yeah just, just to put in context we've had 279 episodes of the Big Bang Theory yeah we, how many do we get a Firefly <laughs> which sounds like a Big Bang joke now <laughs> I take that back so yeah that's that's it for me I think they'll they'll do fairly decent I feel like I feel like there's a few slasher movie stereotypes within the group which work in the positives and the negatives and yeah for me Penny kind of goes on and she's in the the Big Bang Theory versus the Leprechaun 2 in space yeah yeah so she'll be in 2 and then she won't be in it for a bit and then they'll drag her back when the series starts faltering <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or in the reboot 20 years' time when she's yeah, hunting down yeah. the leprechaun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, not much else to say about the Big Bang Theory, really. I think they'll do all right. They're smart cookies, um, but let's watch them die. It's <laughs> a so, good choice. Uh, I particularly liked the part where the all the main characters from Big Bang Theory got brutally murdered by a leprechaun. So my choice, um, we're hopping back to our side of the pond, but also back in time for a period piece. So we're going for uh, the 1917 set, Blackadder Goes Forth. Reason, you know, firstly, Blackadder is one of the best sitcoms ever made. I think that generally goes without saying, at least season two, three, and four of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I remember watching, saw a lot of like that era of Blackadder before I saw series one of Blackadder. And then I remember buying a box set when I was like at uni and starting it from the beginning and being like, what am I watching? It, it's a completely <laughs> different show. Um, I can't remember. I, I think it was Ben Elton got bought in from season two. Yeah. Or series two because we're in the UK. But yeah, I mean, so the, the reason the reason I think uh, kind of the Black Adder Goes Forth group will be able to survive uh, a slasher, especially a leprechaun, is one, access to weaponry. <laughs> so Black Adder Goes Forth is set in the trenches of World War One. So they're going to have weapons around. I also think it'd be cool to see anyway, because there's like a distinct lack of World War One set or World War horror movies in general. Like there's a I, there's definitely more World War Two ones, but it generally kind of falls under the category of uh, we're being attacked by Nazi blanks, zombies, so, flying sharks, etc. Yeah, fairly sure there's werewolves somewhere. Yeah. It's but World War One that there was there's a film called Death Watch. Right. which was really good, but that's really all I can think of. So I think it would be an interesting kind of spin on horror movies. Mm -hmm. To win and survive a slasher movie, you obviously need a cunning plan. So how cunning? We've as cunning as cunning as a leprechaun. It's uh yeah, as, as cunning as a fox that just got his degree in cunning from Oxford University. We'll just sit here quoting Blackadder goes forth for the next hour. But yeah, so I I, I think it could be funny. I, I think you've got you you have slasher tropes in there already, but also I think kind of the sheer sitcom stupidity will win over a bit as well. So similar to kind of what you did with Big Bang Theory, I, I think there's a very obvious survival hierarchy here how 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 many are we talking? so for me like the blackadder like the ensemble cast there's there's fringe characters like it's it's blackadder and baldrick are always there and then i feel like it's kind of like everyone else is kind of like a fringe character so, so especially blackadder goes forth it's blackadder baldrick and george right so i think those are kind of the central three yeah so to start with you would have darling and melchick getting hilariously brutally killed which is a shame to see stephen fry go but also i think stephen fry should do more horror films i think he could be uh i'd love to see stephen fry oh yeah in horror movie. um so Darling and Melchit, you'd then have the wonderful Hugh Laurie as George being the first of kind of the main group to go just because he is so naive or naive by the group standards as well. Yeah. It would kind of be that slasher film where I think it's a lot of people are dying around them and they're trying to figure it out. Right. Okay. Uh, next up, I think you would have, ultimately you would have Blackadder dying. Yeah. You know, some kind of elaborate last stand that he accidentally found himself in. Baldrick would have a cunning plan, which works right up until the point it ends up killing him. Yeah. And then we were talking about, you know, again, kind of big horror movie tropes. The final girl is obviously going to be Bob. <laughs> and then Flashheart will come in, immediately kill the leprechaun, and the film's over. Woof. <laughs> Did you pick Black Adder Goes Forth just to finish on Woof? Just, yeah, no, pretty much. But I I, <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I think they could survive quite a long time just from accidentally. 
<laughs> By sheer force of ignorance, I think Blackadder and Baldrick would end up surviving quite a long time by assuming it isn't a killer and putting things in place for something else that then end up working. Yeah. And that's just the entire series is based around well, that's, kind of those comic situations. That does sound like a Blackadder episode. My only, my only issue with Blackadder Goes Forth is we've all seen the end of Blackadder Goes Forth and it is actually the only sitcom where all of the cast are dead. True. <laughs> True. It's also arguably like it is one of the most depressing endings of oh, a sitcom. Awful. Um, but you know, it's nice to know that up to that point they'd already defeated the leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's um, yeah. I I I, th- I think they could give it a, a good go. They have the weaponry in place. They're in trenches, which is always going to be good. And also, like I said, I just think World War One is uh, underrepresented when it comes to horror movies. And leprechauns. And leprechauns. You could call it some like it hot. (laughs) Next up from my side is probably my favourite sitcom that I've watched, uh, which is Parks and Recreation. I think there is, um, there's a lot of reasons they would survive and I'm going to go through them now. (laughs) Is it just, we just say Ron Swanson and then we stop this section? (laughs) Yeah, Ron Swanson, uh, Breakfast food, and then on to your second choice. So my choice is... um... (laughs) So, yeah, why they would survive. Um, First off, April Ludgate is more terrifying than any slasher villain ever. 100%. Ron Swanson, as you mentioned, he's got the weapons, he's got the survival skills, he's got the moustache. Leslie Nope takes no shit from anyone, certainly not from a leprechaun. On On the other side of things, Tom Haverford and Jerry are both screwed. They're dead. Probably before Probably in the opening credits. Jerry, Jerry wouldn't die. People would assume he died. Yeah. And he's he going to rock up at the end. Yeah. He would end up being, it turns out he was just sick that day or something. Yeah. <laughs> Donna equally is not going to get taken out, I don't think. Chris Traeger, he's, he's too healthy. Um, he's going to outrun the killer. He's also, his entire being is set on doing everything he can to prolong his life. And he can run like 40 miles at a time, right? Exactly. So. And leprechauns have got little legs, so he's never catching up to it. Yeah. Ben, I feel like Ben, being such a massive nerd, will have seen every horror movie out there. So he's not going to fall for any of these slasher tropes. And he's also nerdy enough that I'm fairly sure he has a sword. He definitely has yeah. a sword. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has a sword. Andy, Andy is an idiot. Andy's a lovable idiot, but hey, he's an idiot. That's Johnny Karate. <laughs> and um, oh, what's the FBI guy? Uh, Bert Macklin. Bert Macklin. <laughs> Which, yeah, anyway, yeah. However, even though he is an idiot, and even though you would assume he would be killed, he wasn't even meant to be a main character past season one. So he survived that cut. So hey. he's going to survive against the leprechaun. Who is who, who is the the anti anti Dwyer? Who was the guy who was in season one and got cut? Uh, Mark Brandanowitz. Yes. So uh, he was Leslie's love interest. Yeah, and then they replaced him with Ben and Chris. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So he'll die. He's probably already dead. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he didn't even make it <laughs> into my list. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, he he's done. Anne Perkins, obviously, you always have to say Anne Perkins because it can't just be Anne, Anne Perkins. She's a nurse by trade. Even though she ends up in the government, she's a nurse. Oh, yes, that's good to have. Um, so she's going to help keep these guys alive. And just by sheer fact of how big the like main ensemble is, the kid is going to have a hard time getting through all of them. Like the leprechaun is going to have to get through a good eight or nine deaths to to take out the uh, take out the the cast. You've also got the fact that they're always at Pawnee City. City Hall. It's a sprawling building. It's old. There's lots of hiding places. These guys are there day in, day out. They know the place like the back of their hands. Um, this is a bit of a throwback to, to Ready or Not in terms of like all of the, the secret tunnels and stuff. I think they could use that to their advantage. So yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of reasons why people would survive. Maybe, you know, I don't think for a second all of them are going to make it through the whole film, but I think there's enough positives going for a lot of these characters that they're, they're going to give it a good go. Also, just to throw it out there, if any, if if it perhaps wasn't the leprechaun that's that's taking them out, um, 100% if it was someone from the Parks and Recreation universe, it would be Jeremy Jam. Um, and <laughs> yep. he would definitely leave either jars of jam or some kind of dental paraphernalia at the scene just to, as his calling card. I, I could see it being both of the Saperstein's. 
So John Ralphio and Mona Lisa, the secret killers. That would be incredible. Like in, uh, is it the first Scream movie when they're yeah, like yeah, stabbing yeah. each other? Yeah. So I, I think it'll end up being both of them. It's just a money, please, and then stabs him in the face. <laughs> John Ralphio is one of my favorite sitcom characters. He's so good. <laughs> Um, I mean, as long as little Sebastian survives. Well, little Sebastian didn't even survive Parks and Recreation. <laughs> so, is it ten? Most little Sebastian turns up, and that's what swings it for them. Ten thousand candles in the wind. Is that yeah. the? Is that the song? Yeah. Um, I just I love everything about Parks and Recreation, and basically can't see any of these. I, I it would hurt a lot to see any of them any of them killed. I don't think there's really too many dislikable characters within it. But season one, Andy is a dick. Yeah. Once they, it, it followed a very similar trajectory to the American office. Yeah. Which it was that, a spin-off of originally. Yeah. From season two, they figured out that like, it's not, if you're supposed to back Leslie Nope, you have to understand that she's good at her job. Yeah. So she became a lot less. All of her problems came from her trying to do the right thing rather than her being inept. And then, yeah, making it's one of it ended up being like one of the most wholesome sitcoms on TV, and it's also got one of the, like the most perfect season finales as well. I think that's up there with kind of the best of them, like Six Feet Under and stuff like that. Yeah, um, which is a great, uh, great series to drop in when we're talking about people dying. Nice. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not even sure the Leprechaun would get past Ron Swanson. I think he would immediately like he because it is Leprechaun. Yeah, he might be suckered in by the. Irishness of it, but he was Perhaps. always more a fan of Scotch, Scotch whiskey, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't think you'd get past Ron Swanson. I he mean, would see it, completely understand what's happening, <laughs> chisel an axe out of a desk or something, and he'd go yeah. for it. I mean, the guy's got a shotgun on his desk, right? So yeah, yeah, a claymore that turned out not to be a claymore, but. <laughs> No, that's a good choice. I, I can get behind that. And also immediately going to start re-watching Parks and Rec as of the end of this podcast. I think we're on a constant cycle of just watching Parks and Rec. Nice. It's so, it's so good just to have on in the background. Yeah, I kind of do that with between Parks and Rec, um, The Office, uh, The American Office, like going between the two. I mean, they, they're quite similar anyway, but... Yeah, oh, I, can, I can buy that. Plus... Yeah, I want to see Ron Swanson take on a leprechaun. Just Who doesn't <laughs> just bare fists. <laughs> Plus, I want to know what rhymes with uh, little Sebastian. Go on. Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun is going to be going back to his uh, motherland for this one and uh, taking on the residents of the Craggy Island parochial house. So it's uh, it's Father Ted. Again, Father Ted, I think, is possibly my favourite sitcom. I think solely because from a very young age, I remember watching it on VHS tapes that were recorded off of the TV. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty confident I could relay back entire episodes of dialogue, but... We don't have time for that and probably copyright issues we'll get in. But I, I think it's 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 just fucking outstanding. Um, so I will talk about it at any given opportunity. It also helps that Leprechaun and Father Ted, it just kind of, it's a match made in heaven. Um, it'll oh, be on... hell. Yeah. It'll be on, uh, I just want to see Dougal's uh, real versus fictional board and see where Leprechaun ends up on there by the end of it. But also father ted try and explain to him that the leprechaun is just a small man and not far away yeah yeah this leprechaun <laughs> is small <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it, it's similar to kind of what we were saying about black adder in that everyone in father ted is inept there is no way that they would the leprechaun could easily carve his way through craggy island pretty quickly <laughs> apart from the guy who with the i shot jr t-shirt but We'll leave him. There are very few redeeming features of any of them. There's no weaponry in a parochial house, as far as I would understand. They did fight off uh, an army of the nearly dead when they had to look after the marvellously named Owen McLove. (laughs) And you had all the old uh, old women turn up to try and... uh, mother him i feel like you say no weapons but like you know i'm you've got holy water you've got crucifixes i mean they tend to come in good against that's that's more vampires than leprechauns i think leprechauns is more magic flutes and bollocks magic flutes and bollocks that's a (laughs) that's a t-shirt so the reason i think the father ted guys would survive longer than the other people we've mentioned 
um, apart from Ron Swanson. <laughs> is, um, <laughs> spoilers and what I think the final choices should be is sheer ineptitude. They would accidentally survive longer than anybody else. Bishop Brennan would die. He would probably be kicked up the arse and it would be hilarious. Um, everyone else, I just think they're, yeah, just bumbling ineptitude would take them through it. They so, would accidentally keep missing things and they would, in trying to, I don't know, confront the leprechaun, they'll end up running away from it. It's They're so, so adverse to confrontation. I just can't can't foresee a set of opportunities where the leprechaun would be able to kill them. It sounds like a reverse Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they they would accidentally be able to overcome the leprechaun just by, don't want to say ineptitude again, but just <laughs> sheer stupidity and dim-wittedness. I am running out of ways of saying that now. <laughs> but if we if we had to pick kind of an order in which they would die... Unfortunately, and going against type here, I think Mrs. Doyle would be the first one to go that isn't kind of supporting cast. Mm. Um, probably by trying to offer tea to the leprechaun. That's, that's and then we don't have many choices. I mean, I think Dougal and Ted would end up going out at the same time. Yeah. And then final final reveal will be that Father Jack was sitting in his chair the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so even from that, I don't see Father Jack dying. I think he will... Uh, I know the leprechaun might see the booze he's drinking and feel like there's a kindred spirit there for him. I mean, my 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 two notes on this were Father Jack is too drunk and is an easy target, and Dougal, idiot, he's getting killed early doors. <laughs> see, yeah, no, I I think he's too idiot. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So I mean, mine, I'm leaning heavily into the uh, the kind of sitcom mentality of it. I I think I think Dougal is so stupid. It's impossible for him to die. I kind of feel like because the Father Ted cast is quite small, that they could probably be taken out quite quickly. But I'd like to see kind of maybe, you know, a, a cross-border um, link up with another great sitcom, um, which is Derry Girls. That could, I, I'd watch that. It's the, the great thing with Craggy Island is the island constantly changes depending on the needs of the episode. <laughs> so at one point... It, it can kind of go from like the size of a couple of football pitches to not having a, um, oh fuck, I can't remember which way around it is. Uh, like it doesn't have an east coast because it <laughs> fell into the sea or something like that. And then it's big enough to have a Chinatown and established Chinese community. So it's with, with that in mind, I feel like there would end up being like a weird cache of weapons in the forest or something or i don't know a castle it's there's there's going to be something that can be used i mean they've already shown i think they hid all of jack's booze in a cave once yeah. so there's places to hide out and then dougal will end up accidentally finding the way to kill the leprechaun by i don't know trying to use the toilet by himself or something it's also, it's that level of stupidity I mean, the, the big draw f to this for me is the leprechaun back in Ireland where he belongs, um, taking out a cast of inept um, priests. Yeah, yeah, I, I just think it works. And again, it's not out of kind of competence like Parks and Rec guys. They have a lot going for them. I think this will just be sheer accidental survival. <laughs> and I've got a lot of time for that. <laughs> Yes, my final choice uh, for the sitcom cast that is going to survive longest in this instance against the Leprechaun is the cast of Dan Harmon's Community. Well, mostly Dan Harmon's Community until he kind of got fired and then came back. So just, just the cast of the first three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few critical reasons why I think the cast from a community are well-equipped to, to kind of find their way through a slasher movie or any kind of adverse situation. The first one is all of the paintball episodes. They clearly, you know, there's there's experience in forming alliances and fighting back, even against their own darkest timeline doppelgangers. And also in all of those episodes, there was always the a member of the main cast that survived till the end. So the first one you had Jeff won it, second one, Pierce won it. Jeff and Arbed won the fight against the darkest timeline selves. And then in the season six one, 
Jeff was there at the end, but he ultimately died in a Mexican standoff with, I think it was the Dean and someone else that I can't remember. That wasn't the one with Sawyer from Lost, was it? <laughs> wasn't he the one? I'm, I'm fairly sure that's his Christian name. Yeah, Sawyer from Lost. Sawyer from Lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, wasn't he the guy that was hired in to, to be the... He was like, like the, the, the man in black kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so yeah, for one, they've shown good good survival skills in, in adverse situations. Secondly, there's an episode of Community, which is... To my knowledge, the closest to any of the sitcoms we're going to talk about with the characters being in kind of a slasher situation, and that's the Ask Crack Bandit episode. Now, the Ask Crack Bandit is a member of the um, Greendale High who, when members of the Munich College are bending over, puts a, a quarter down their ass crack. And in that episode, there's actually only one of the cast from the main kind of ensemble cast that gets done by the Ask Crack Bandit, and that's Troy, the fabulous Donald Glover, fabulous uh, Charles Gambino. He is obviously distracted by a, a teddy bear on the floor, um, and he gets he gets uh, hit by the Ask Crack Bandit. So he's not going to last long. However, no one else was kind of got by the Ask Crack Bandit in the episode. I mean, Pierce- so I, I just, I've just I've just realised how many times you're saying Ask Crack. <laughs> Pierce actually died in the episode. It's the episode where they wrote Chevy Chase out of the series. So I guess technically he didn't survive the Ask Crack Bandit, but no one else was was got. They all survived. Also, fun fact about this episode is um, Ben Folds did a song um, that accompanied the episode that was also called Ask Crack Bandit. And there was a lot of like, everyone loved, it was done over a montage at the end of the episode. Um, and everyone loved it so much that like, we want a full length um, version of this. So he released it on a YouTube channel, which was called Quarter to Arse. Um, so quarter, the number two arse. Um, and there's a lyric in it that goes, it was quarter to five, but it was quarter to arse, which <laughs> is, yeah, is just fantastic. Um, and Ben Folds also had a cameo in the episode. He played the botany tutor who was growing pot. One of the other things that goes for them is Troy and Arbed. That bond is is unbreakable. Um, they're going to look out for each other. I think, I can't remember which episode it was in, but basically they said if one of them died, the other would commit suicide and look like it was because they were so f- sad that Firefly got cancelled. Um, so, you know, it's going strong. Plus, Arbed is so meta, I think he would understand the rules of the horror movie he's in. Oh, absolutely. Arbed knows the tropes. Yeah. Also, as a show, it kept defying the odds. It kept surviving. True. It kept looking like it was dead, and then it came back time and time again. It got its six seasons. So what, what, what you're saying is Yahoo are going to sweep in at the end and make sure they all survive. Absolutely. <laughs> Yahoo, who will be played by Sawyer from Lost. <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd watch that. In terms of them getting taken out, Troy is going to go first, just like in the Ice Crack Bandit episode. He's too easily distracted. He's too naive. I think Britta is up next um, and I'm imagining her kind of like face to face with the leprechaun and she's just going to annoy him so much that he's just going to take her out Pierce next I mean Pierce dies in the Ask Crack Bandit episode as I mentioned but I think Pierce is just like he's going to be convinced that the whole thing is a hoax that he's not going to take any precautions he's going to die so basically yes Pierce would be an anti-masker but he did win a paintball war in season 2 so there is a slight chance of survival I think Arbed, you're right, is going to kind of know what's going on, but I think he's going to be so consumed for by grief from Troy dying that he's probably going to kill himself and make it look like it was or, because Firefly yeah. got cancelled. Or, or he'll understand that it's the time during a horror movie where he's supposed to die. <laughs> yeah. So he just lets it happen. <laughs> Annie and Shirley, I feel like they probably managed to get away somehow. And I think much like in the paintball episodes, Jeff lives till the end he's consistently the last man standing in a lot of these scenarios i kind of feel like i'd like him to be the first to die because he's my least favorite character in community (laughs) um but i just feel like on previous performance he's gonna he's gonna get through to the end also similar to parks and records thinking okay well maybe if we weren't talking about the leprechaun who in the community universe would be the the killer in this scenario annie's boobs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is the name of the a monkey, monkey for yeah, people yeah. who haven't seen Community. <laughs> that wasn't um, me just being a creep. No, I, I think it would be Senor Chang would definitely be the serial killer. I'd say the Dean. No. I think I think it'd be the Dean will have set it all up so it's just him and Jeff left. And also not a bad shout, to be <laughs> yeah. fair. 
But I think Senor Chang is also just too unhinged that he could absolutely be a be a serial killer. I mean, special. I, th- I think it's worth taking just kind of a brief interlude here because I think this is a good time to mention it after you've said kind of obvious serial killers. Um, Ted Mosby. Oh, what? Without a doubt. Ted Mosby's, Mosby is obviously a serial killer. Uh, yeah, even even not in the context of talking about horror How I Met Your yeah. Mother as a horror movie, Ted Mosby's a serial killer. He is clearly a serial killer. Like he, he, he there are trophies under his bed, serial killer. Oh, absolutely. And it was always it's all their fault. It's not his. Yeah, yeah. That's why he builds buildings because <laughs> he he knows where to pull like pour the concrete that, and the, the fucking foundations. Line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh god, I hate that guy so much. Oh. I was I was close to I, I was close to having How I Met Your Mother as one of my choices just so I could talk about that, but I realised it would just end up with me shouting. <laughs> he's, he's such a just deeply, deeply unlikable person. Oh, I hate him. And he's clearly a serial killer. Yeah, with without a doubt. So yeah, I think um, yeah, that's that's my justification. I think these guys are going to last the longest. I think based on episodes that have happened throughout the six seasons, they've got the most experience. And as I say, the Arse Crack Bandit episode, and I appreciate I've said Arse Crack Bandit so many times during this podcast. Ass Crack. Is the closest that any of these sitcom characters have come to a slasher movie. And apart from Dear Darling Troy, they all survived. Well, Pierce too, but he wasn't a victim of that. He just he just died, which sets up the next episode when they all get the gifts from Pierce, and every single one of them gets a container of his sperm. Is hilarious. Oh, and one of the gifts will be a, mag- a magical leprechaun flute, <laughs> and that's where the film starts. Excellent. And obviously, a container of sperm. <laughs> <laughs> it's nah I, I I yeah I could get behind that has Donald Glover done a horror movie don't think he has he's not really done many has he done any movies um he was Lando oh yeah sorry you're right he was Lando oh I don't like that film well actually I like that film I don't like the guy who plays Han Solo yeah I don't think outside of that though he's done anything he's Atlanta he did the series of yeah but I don't think he's done too many other he, films he'd be very good in a horror movie yeah. Well, yeah, him, Stephen Fry. <laughs> this is slowly morphing into our ideal cast for a horror movie. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> for my final choice, uh, the Leprechaun will be going to uh, the Good Place. Great show. Great show. So there will be some kind of spoilers for the Good Place here, and some things which sound like they're spoilers, but they're not because they're kind of immediately told to you so starting off from let's go high level here and i'll keep kind of my ace in the hole for the end everyone kind of in the i think there's a lot of kind of intelligence in the main group chidi is obviously kind of very clever janet is a genius yeah i will say (laughs) my one note on chidi was uh this guy has abs for days i see him doing well (laughs) he also has yeah exactly abs are what you need to take on the leprechaun um the actor who plays Chidi is also in um, this film called Midsummer, which is, you know, I, I don't know if we mentioned we it. We should but get it's... to Midsummer at some point on this podcast. Probably should, yeah. 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 I feel like we just keep missing it. Uh, Eleanor isn't necessarily intelligent, but she's willing to learn and kind of has like a drive and motivation to her. So I feel like she'll be able to kind of like adapt to what the leprechaun kind of throws at them. Same with Michael. Michael has a lot of experience given that he's been around arguably since the dawn of time potentially yeah tahani again like very self-absorbed but she is a very kind of intelligent woman talking just going back to the big bang theory more than anyone we have mentioned in any of these sitcoms i would quite like to see tahani taken out by the leprechaun i cannot fucking stand that character um and then obviously we also have jason mendoza my name so stupid going to die (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so i think he is He's a different type of stupid to what like Dougal and Ted are in that. I, I don't know if it's an American versus European comedy thing, but the Jason stupidity, the humor will be derived from him dying. Yeah. While with everyone else it is more about them accidentally succeeding. I, I think The Good Place kind of as a cast, there is a lot there that I think. And the entire series is them working together to basically successfully fix the afterlife. <laughs> so there's a lot of potential there as a team for them to battle and fight against something that's trying to kind of kill them. We also then get onto the fact that this is a series that includes things like demons 
and robots. So Janet is a robot. <laughs> there are also multiple Janets, all of who have genius level intellect and are robots. Then we also have the fact they're all already dead. <laughs> so I, I don't know how kind of like the the afterlife rules would work there. So I don't know if it's like a Beetlejuice thing of the, the afterlife, the exercised spirits, like fate worse than death thing, or if it is more like the South Park approach of when you die, you know, where else are you going to go? Detroit. Um, <laughs> especially for, for, for a slasher villain and like the leprechaun. Obviously the leprechaun's kind of got magic going for him, but they're already dead. There's not much he can really do. So here's where I have a, a slight counter-argument to this in the fact that what are they trying to do in the good place, which is technically the bad place, they are trying to that, prove... That, that's one of those spoilers we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to prove that they are good. Yes. Therefore, in doing anything bad to the slasher villain, they're going to rack up some of those bad place points. Uh, that's and <laughs> in doing so would mean again more spoilers that the judge would deem that people can't be good and therefore just delete the universe and they'd all cease to exist anyway that's an argument <laughs> so your argument is if they do if they survive <laughs> at all the fate of humanity is doomed <laughs> Precisely. That's that's fair, but also <laughs> you're you're imply you're applying the old point system, and they fixed that point system by the end of the run because they w did win the judge over. So it depends at what point in the series the leprechaun strikes. Oh, at the point where my argument wins. Cool. Then your <laughs> argument wins. But my my counter is. The leprechaun strikes at a point where my argument wins. So we're at an impasse. But what we also have, which is far... I'm fairly sure I'm correct, at least with Blackadder, Father Ted. Um, so Community, um, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And I can't even remember the first choice you had. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. So... No, so none of them have 6,000 foot tall fire squids as a central character in them. Are you sure? I wasn't wasn't uh, um, Father Jack in Father Ted? Possibly, but I, I don't think so. I, I think that might have been a season four thing. But yeah, so Michael, played by Cheers' own Ted Danson, is uh, a 6,000, his true form is a 6,000 foot tall fire squid. But is it like? Because we never saw it. Oh, we didn't, but it is. I'm going to take Michael by it because I respect Ted Dance. <laughs> it's, and as we mentioned, the leprechaun. Look who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and as we mentioned, the leprechaun, you know, three foot at best. So that is uh, as far as I'm. Let me just kind of make. 5,997 foot tall difference. And that was definitely real writing, not just fake writing to get the noise. <laughs> so I think that's a, that definitely has an impact when you're trying to kill a slasher villain is having an, the aforementioned 6,000 foot tall fire squid. Not sure if I'm saying that enough. 6,000 foot tall fire squid. But if he's 6,000 foot tall, is that not a very far distance from a really small target that he would have to hit to take the leprechaun out. True, but there's also fire because he is a 6,000 foot tall fire squid. Yeah, he's a magic leprechaun. This is all my argument is. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying 6,000 foot tall fire squid over and over again until you get bored, leave and let me win. We're at my house. <laughs> Yeah, and that's how stubborn I'd be about this. Hang on, six thousand foot tall fire squid. But yeah, I, I, I think they, I think they would survive, even if we don't factor in the six thousand foot tall fire squid. Um, I think there's a lot of teamwork there. I think through the series, they've shown that they can kind of take on challenges and things like that. They'd also lean into. They would be a lot more accepting of the paranormal aspect of it than a lot of kind of the other sitcom casts might be uh community would lean into it being a film yeah. rather than the paranormal stuff so i think you would have an interesting there's going to be people there who kind of know you know are familiar with magic and things like that so i think that would bring an interesting aspect into it i think i feel like chitty's gonna get sidetracked behind the ethics of the whole thing oh 100 there, there will be there will be 
hilarious comic mishaps throughout. But <laughs> I, I think as a team, or at least Chidi, Eleanor, Janet, and Michael, I think between them, I mean, just between Janet, like, I think the Janets could dispatch the leprechaun to put, put him in a void. I, I feel about Janet like you feel about Henry Cavill. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, fucking hell, I've completely lost track of where we are. Completely fair, completely um, not part of any of the points you were making. Although, to be fair, you made one point and it was about a 6,000-foot-tall fire squid. So. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the 6,000-foot-tall fire... Oh, wait, no, sorry, I mentioned mentioned that before. But yeah, no, for, for me, it's, it's the teamwork, it's the ability to embrace the paranormal side of things, yeah. um, the ability to already be dead, and the fact that they have a genius robot and a 6,000 foot tall fire squid on their side. I think that's important. Also, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Henry Cavill anymore. <laughs> but could, if if it was truly the good place, could the would there be an evil leprechaun there at all? Actually, but it's not the good place. It's the, it is secretly the bad place. Okay, so we're talking about early on in the Ooh, series. Did that. So it is, no, it's the, <laughs> It's, this all takes place in the medium place. <laughs> it's the the leprechaun would have got to the good place by accident, right? Like it'll be uh, he he accidentally got there, and then is like you know it's like oh what's happening here? It's like oh hi, I'm a six thousand foot tall fire squid. That's you know we were talking about the the Instagram things with the. Yeah. the just you shouting on a 6,000 foot tall fire squid is going to be the promo for this episode. Sold. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we should really Wrap end this segment now. <laughs> Otherwise, it is just going to be another 10 minutes of me saying 6,000 foot tall fire squid. I'm kind of annoyed of how quickly you caught on to my argument and how I was going to derail derail you there. <laughs> it's uh, It was a good argument to be had, to be fair. Yeah. But and you just hit me over yeah. the head with a 6,000 foot tall fire squid. <laughs> Those were our 6,000 foot tall fire squids. Sorry, I mean, choices. I think there were some good ones there. I, I think we kind of came at it from slightly different angles, being that mine was based mainly on stupidity and fire squids. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested. What would your, what do you, what's your kind of early views on early final views top three? Early views are, well, just being yours. Just, just being mine. <laughs> no, so I, I do think, um, I do think The Good Place makes the top three purely based on Janet. Um, for me, not the 6,000 foot tall fire squid. <laughs> After all that, <laughs> Janet is the one who wins you over. But yeah, I, I think um, there's there's some elements of the characters there that, that lend themselves to fighting off a, a magical leprechaun. For me, obviously, community, the fact that they've literally kind of survived this kind of scenario with the, I'm going to say it again, Arse Crack Bandit. And Dude, it's not funny just repeating the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and then obviously Parks and Rec and just how I think a lot of those guys are well equipped to, you know, and if, if it comes down to Ron Swanson versus the world, Ron Swanson's going to win. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, I think the clear and only answer to this question is a resounding Ron Swanson. <laughs> like, it's not even Parks and Recreation. It's Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson would either build a cabin in the woods with his bare hands and live there, build a canoe that he lives in the middle of a lake with to keep away from the leprechaun, or just f- somehow figure out how to kill a leprechaun and do it. Yeah. It's, yeah, he is the, the, the perfect sitcom horror movie survivor, I think. I can't think of anyone else who I would kind of put in the same caliber as that. No, he's- Ca- sorry. Same category is that. Yeah, you tried to say caliber and category at the same yep. time. Then, yes, I did. Um, yeah, I think he, he is he's perfectly equipped for for such a scenario. I think. Yeah. So I guess I mean yeah. With with that in mind, I I would you know I I originally had Parks and Rec as my my second, but I think um, yeah, I think even uh, Ron Swanson Ron Swanson's it and then takes um, Parks and Rec to the top. I think. Um, Janet and Co. of um, second with uh, with the good place and and how they would kind of go about things there with their you know magical powers and fire squid of various heights and then yeah for for me in third place then would be community purely based on the kind of experience they've had in these kind of scenarios yeah I, I do I, I I like with the kind of the community aspect you've got like the whole scream style meta commentary on it yeah. so I, I think having the 
the understanding of how a slasher movie villain works would help them beat a slasher movie villain. Um, like you said, there's also a lot of disposable characters, so <laughs> that definitely helps kind of boost their survival times. Absolutely. Do you think the community cast would beat the Leprechaun? Or do you think they would just survive longer than kind of Black Adder and Father Ted? I think it's probably well, the the fact that in the like the paintball episodes that they there's members from the study group did win and lasted till the end. I feel like this is not the answer you wanted me to give because that was going to be your counterpoint. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm just interested that you think oh, okay. being, being good at paintballing means <laughs> you'll be able to kill a paranormal leprechaun. <laughs> but more so the, the Arse Crack Band episode that they just... It, yeah, I guess... So they could put a quarter down the leprechaun's ass. Are, are you insinuating that members of the study group were the Arse Crack Bandit? Because I think that's... I think you'll find that slander. <laughs> Um, we've already had one false confession from Starburns, so um, let's not, you know, complicate things anymore. Yeah, the fact that they basically survived being picked off one by one, apart from Troy, to me says that they would they would do that um, in in this scenario as well. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I I, I do like the. Um, I, I I think if Flashheart was a more central character in Blackadder, I think Blackadder would have jumped into number three for me. <laughs> but I don't think I can really argue that. Flashheart is in the sitcom cast of Blackadder. Is he in one episode? He's in he's in, he's in one episode of season four, um, and then he's in an episode of season two and an episode of season three. Um, which is a weird order for me to have said that in. I could have just said he was in one episode of each of the kind of the main seasons. I do like that Black Blackadder has a lot of weaponry. I think that's an important thing. But I also think they're my argument relies on them accidentally surviving rather than purposely surviving, which doesn't quite line up with your uh, your community point. I didn't think I would have community in the top three, but you have actually made a very good argument for it. I, I spent more time than I'd care to admit researching this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I changed my mind from one to another two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I was originally going to do. I think Father Ted just makes so much sense to be in there to me. But yeah, okay. Okay, so our final uh, final top three for which sitcom casts would survive longest in a slasher movie. Number three, so the cast of Community. Uh, number two, the 6,000 foot tall fire squid and Janet from The Good Place. And then number one, Ron Swanson. Okay, yeah. All right, I can get... I can get behind that, but we'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks, whether you agree with our points, uh, whether you also think a 6,000 foot tall fire squid should be higher on the list. I mean, it depends. If it was a list of who is taller, then absolutely. Tallest, tallest fire squids. Tallest fire squids. Well, I mean, there might be a 7,000 foot tall fire squid. You just don't know. I'm sure there is. And for more cutting edge insight, you can check out our Instagram on the podcast Nobody Asked For. Uh, or you can look us up on Twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four cool right so uh yeah have a good halloween watch midsummer and remember six thousand foot tall fire squared uh, no one asked for this